0: So, any questions tonight? I so saw you're reading underneath a tree. I wanted to get a picture of that, but that would have been a real classic.
1: Looks like a real
0: sadhu <laughs> under a tree at Adaria. could camp out overnight. Yes, question.
1: Um, there's uh, five obstacles in mm. Anishtha uh, Bhajana Kriya, and these five, five things, that, like laya, dikshepa, etc., they still uh, are present at the state of Nishta but they are not uh, obstacles anymore. Could you say something more about these five things, and how it, uh, what's the transition uh, from Anishtha Bhajana Kriya to Nishta how it changes?
0: Do You say they're they're present in nishta or anishta? So they're
1: present, there are the obstacles and, uh,
0: to attaining the Nishta,
1: they are still there, but the person
0: is not. Uh, well, yeah, I mean basically these uh, uh, kind of uh, distraction of the mind, inattentiveness, sleep, lie of the shape, those are two. I can't remember the other three, but these are all really products of our conditioned nature hmm, that's uh, at that point in our practice still having some prominence over the practice. Hmm, So you have to understand we're trying to overcome habits formed in youth, as they say difficult to uh, to overcome <clears throat> change this, uh sounds good but doesn't come very easily and so this is a you know a change over a lifetime a lifetime since an adi since time without beginning that we've through in one species or another have been oriented towards um uh, reading the environment in a particular way, reading the sense objects in a particular way, and so forth, and the human births in particular. Um, and so, to change that, you need something very powerful, and such is the power of bhakti, born as it is in inside of sangha, but um, it takes some time to... Uh, to become the observable prominent influence. It's still the prominent influence in the life of a sadhaka, even when the observable influence um, uh, remains um, one's conditioning. Hmm. And for example, vikshape means like inattention. Hmm? It's not relative to bhakti necessarily. People are inattentive about all kinds of things. Hmm? Right? Uh, to pay attention in, in school, uh, children are mandated, and people, uh, you know, drive off the road and, and so forth. It's a very, kind of the now in industrial society there's a lot of distractions as well. So it's not uh, relative to bhakti in a sense. It's just our nature of our conditioning. Hmm? Um the uh, idea, though, of course, is that bhakti has not manifest sufficiently in our lives to to become the um observable prominent influence and, and that is um really when taste for bhakti. Becomes consistent It's because of lack of taste. That well, we we interest wanes, goes in another direction. If the taste was there and was driving us, then um, it would be uh, um, uh, observable. I want to say that bhakti was the prominent influence. Even, however, as I'm describing, when it's not observable, I believe it is fair to say it's still the prominent influence. And it's one of people just can't, having had that influence in their life, to the point of awakening faith, that comes in the context of sadhu sangha, which we then follow um, the influence of to associate more concertedly with the same types of people that we got that from, and in the context of that, find a prominent guide, this is the way, and then learn the practices and so forth um, uh this is uh is the uh, kind of i want to say where you 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 go different places with your mind and senses but when it all comes down to what's important is where you go hmm. when things start to collapse or whatever in your efforts to 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 kind of have a foot in both worlds or something like that and uh, still hang on to uh, actively material existence and then it slips through your fingers through your efforts and so on. this is where you go where you gravitate to hmm? I still think it becomes the default and in that sense you know, in a deeper sense in that, in that sense the prominent influence in the sadhaka's life who is in a stage of budging which is in the beginning unishita, which means unsteady. So that I say there's a learning curve and so forth. But he goes down, he gets up. She goes down, she gets up. She turns left, she turns right, uh, and so forth. Keep coming, coming, coming back to it, and that with a little help from our friends, hmm? um, who who we've fostered a relationship with because of this influence in our life. Suddenly on the Facebook, all your friends are right, these. Other devotees, <laughs> uh, uh, and you might have had a small list before that. Suddenly, it's gotten big, so that's possible. So, um, so I, I believe that even when it's not visibly the prominent influence, and you can conceal it, or 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 even without trying to, other influences without trying to conceal it, even trying to make it prominent, other influences made prominent in a visible sense, in an invisible sense, it's still a prominent um, force, power, influence. And um, and it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't leave one very easily. If we commit offense and so forth, it may recede. Hmm? Um, that that's another subject, just our conditioning unto itself. Um, if we have the powerful influence of, of bhakti in our life and sadhu in our life, then it becomes the prominent influence. But at some point in the practice, in the culture, um, the practice, uh, practice makes perfect. So if you do it right, you practice in a good association, you become steady at the practices. Hmm? Learn to navigate the field of the mind, for example that I've described, like citing the Gita. The Gita says, It's a call for tolerance in the Gita. And the following verse uh, describes the the powerful results of such tolerance. Hmm. That you you attain hmm, by such tolerance, you attain... The the ideal tolerance of what? Tolerance of the... Uh, this st- really talking about the storm of the mind, hmm? which gives rise to perceptions of hot, cold, happy, sad, good, and bad. And that is all they are. Perceptions of the mind and the senses. Hmm. Because for you it's cold, and for me it's warm. Hmm. So it's obviously the determination is relative there may be some some agreement that it's cold <laughs> uh, but then that's for us for our species hmm. for another species it's not cold enough hmm. so <laughs> or it's too warm hmm. or whatever <laughs> so it's relative hmm. and each species has a set of senses by which these determinations are made they're they're completely um, rel- uh, relative, arbitrary in a sense. Hmm? Hmm? Um, I guess, I don't know if arbitrary is right, but relative to the set of senses that we have. Hmm? So, uh, as those condition- those conditions, you're know, talking about gross material conditions, hot, cold, there are sensations, really, in the mind, qualitative experiences in the mind, hmm? happy, sad, Good, bad, and so forth. So this is meant to include the whole range of mental, emotional life, hmm? which sometimes uh, equates out to a bad day, hmm? a good day, hmm? um, uh, or whatever kind of trouble, hmm? troublesome, um, joyous, so all these these things. They should be treated by the sadhaka, just like we treat the weather, for example, um, in relation to our job. Mm -hmm. We have a job. It doesn't matter if it's raining out, you go to work. It doesn't matter if it's cold out, you you go to work. If you live in a place where it gets cold, if it's warm out, you go to work. There may be very extreme conditions, then you work at home. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, uh, uh, But the point is that you, you you you... your work your your for your livelihood what you I'm going to speak what you do for your material livelihood you do despite these conditions hmm? and they get they're there you notice them, but they get pushed to the background they don 't take precedence over what you have to do for your livelihood you've got to get the kids to school it doesn't matter hmm? this kind of thing, so the sadhika's life this is where we have to make this. Uh, transference over where a lot of times, sometimes, as I sometimes say, the sadhana needs to be the practice, the culture, the mental culture of Krishna consciousness has to be converted from music to music hmm, that I dance by. Hmm, and what is presently the music that I'm dancing by, hmm, which is this drama made up story in the mind of what my life is. Hmm, Based on these sense perceptions, that has to become music in the background, hmm? and not have an influence over my sadhana, over my practice. Hmm? And we should sit and think and chant that there's much to be had from this chanting. I should pay attention. Hmm? This is this is, now. I'm going there. Hmm? It's not by thinking. Thinking is good about the right thing. Hmm? And uh, therefore, as I sometimes say, we should use our head to soften our heart. So that's the use of the head. And hmm? you can then fortify your practice, which is, which is a non-intellectual a trans-rational thing. Chanting. You see, it's not a rational exercise. It's not irrational to do it. Hmm? But it's not a ra- intellectual exercise. It's a heart exercise. Chant, hear, you stop the mind, Mm-hmm. And you try to lift off, so to speak. Yeah, this, is, <laughs> this is the idea, mm-hmm. and and have the sense that by paying attention here, this is this is I'm I'm going there. I'm going there, in within. I'm going to uh, what the, the what the uh, beyond the story that I've made up of my life. You know, to 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 the reality, mm-hmm. and um, this. This, the, uh, at keep, you know, we, we, we try to create an environment for ourselves or live in an environment like this created by our, our, our guru to uh, help us, to make it difficult for us to do uh, corner us, so to speak corner the mind, make it difficult to do otherwise and even in that, the taste comes it's not reliable it comes and it goes, but it comes and, it, and it's it's in, it's a in, it's in a little it's encouraging
2: hmm?
0: the possibility of being like this of being like I am <laughs> and more what I am in relation to Krishna and bhakti. It's a very joyous affair. So um, inevitably, unless our conditioning is there, it, it takes some precedence. But 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 we have something very powerful. To change that. And you may say, well, as you say, it's very powerful, but it's not working very well. It's a short time that you're working at it, really, and the comparison to time without beginning. Mm. But you've been moving in the opposite way. Or maybe for a little bit, a couple of lives here, and there's some contact, but it's it's, it's a beginning. Mm. We can see it's a beginning because one is still in the stage of anishta. Mm. If you had re- attained a higher stage in a previous life, you would have quickly gone to that, mm. and then started there, and the hard lifting is going to go to the next stage. You're coming in, sometimes with just initial faith, or, again, anisthabhajana kriya. So, make sense to yourself. This is the idea. And whether the storm of the mind and emotions and the senses, the physical body, and so forth, but something... Worthwhile a meaningful. I mean, you have to suffer. I've said this, made this point before. There's no avoidance. That's the whole life. Material life is to avoid discomfort and to acquire comfort, materially speaking. That's what everybody does. And that's all they do. Hmm? Really. Um, and one just leads to the other. Hmm? You get the one and then it comes around and turns into the other. Comfort turns into what you thought would be comfort. it was for a little while it ends up turning into discomfort hmm? and so it's this is a circle of, of material existence. bhakti is otherworldly altogether it's a different thing it's not has any concern doesn't have any concern for comfort and uh, uh, discomfort only for service hmm? So it doesn't matter if it's a little discomforting or a little or material, or if it's comforting any particular service. I'm a servant. That's what I do. So, of course, now we we can't apply ourselves perhaps fully in that. and There are considerations due to our conditioning, but you know, with, with good guidance, that's all taken into consideration, and an environment is created or suggested hmm? that's just a little more than you think you can take. <laughs> so you just go a little a little further. Hmm? And then it's fair to say, ouch, you know, and you know, give, make make aware that you you're um, uh, uh, feeling the pinch to the point that you know it, it, it maybe may be counterproductive and just and and so on and so forth, but the push has to be there push has to be there to do what to take on some discomfort for Krishna. It's no problem taking on the comfort for Krishna. Hmm? That also comes, I mean, materially speaking. But there's discomfort. Hmm? So you you have to. Yes, this this is what it, it's such a worthwhile thing because you are going to run into discomfort. prayate te gyanam alam niranjanam. So. Sukhavad-anyata-dukham. anyata sukham anyata sukham So, it's going to come of its own accord, happiness and distress. Hmm? Just to run after one and avoid the other, this is a waste of time. rather. Hmm? Take on voluntarily some distress for Krishna. You don't go looking for distress, but take on Krishna's service means, if you understand it properly, I'm taking on... I'm signing on for some distress some discomfort materially speaking you should know that to start with that's part of the game but that's part of life that's what life has that element Mm -hmm. so we're not bliss chasing we're chasing um, service and in the context of that there's some trouble Mm -hmm. you have to give some donation to the moth you have to live in the moth (laughs) Other people, minds, and so forth, um, uh, but properly understood, and you, you you learn to embrace such difficulties. Okay, now this is come. This is another service opportunity. All right, I'm serving. This is what I do. So, so anyway, it's a lifestyle. I'm. This is my point. The sadhana is a, a lifestyle, and, and um, it properly understood, then we can shift the balance at a certain point where it becomes observable that the prominent influence in my life is bhakti and the conditioning hmm, um, is uh is is uh less prominent and certain aspects of it like the ones you're talking about inattention uh falling asleep while chanting or something like that. This goes away as as attention comes from which then taste will come. And part of attention is, as I say, is attention to what the chanting or bhakti is about, learning the teachings and so forth. Hmm? So there's no like particular one thing that you can do, but properly understood it's a lifestyle, it's a culture. And the balance will shift at a certain point. And uh, try as you may... hmm? Uh, we come to the practice with some baggage. Mm. And so some people will go ahead more readily than others. It doesn't necessarily mean one is more sincere than another, or it may mean that. That's also possible. Mm. But it may mean you've brought more, more baggage and and you have less sukriti, And so, so if you see someone like that, then you might try to help them. Mm. And... You see someone who's progressing more readily. You ask them for help. Not that you become envious of them or something. That won't help. You ask them for help. Mm-hmm. So, good, good, good company, good association, and I think we can be fortified in our practice and cornered, so to speak, mentally and intellectually, into um, a life of practice that can turn the tables and it's just a question of overcoming conditioning and has been in place for a long time so it, it takes some time um, we say it's easy user friendly and so forth and it is but then that's also in comparison to other paths as as um, but it's a great uh, you know it's a great uh, journey it's a great Challenge. We couldn't have embarked upon a more mission impossible, so to speak, Uh, sign on. But it, but it is, course, it is possible. It's impossible for you, but it's possible by Krishna's grace hmm, um, to attain such lofty um, 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 position Hmm. above human passions. Is the beginning. It's supernatural. Hmm. Supernatural. The rise above the human passions. This is the beginning. Bhakov Vegam, Manasakrota Vegam, Jiva Vegam, Udurapasta Vegam, Etan Vegam, you always say Hitadira, Sarva Mapimam Bhibam sashishat. Such a person can be a the master of the world, but the world is controlled by the by the world of the human species, by the human passions, by the urges of the senses and so forth. Mm -hmm. Of course, if these are risen above in the context of bhakti, we can expect something else is going on inside too, on on the invisible, Mm -hmm. um, that that, um, qualifies one that much more to be an exemplary um, teacher of bhakti. As they say, the rising above the human human passions is just the the beginning. So there's no one particular thing that you can do. No silver bullets giving out here, being given out here to put an end to the conditioning. It takes it takes time. It, it it takes kind of the understanding that uh, that we're offering tonight, and what the texts explain about it. What is the situation, and then then you know the courage to do something about it. Mm. To take it on and, and uh, the realization that, that uh, there's no point hiding from it it's going to come back anyway it has, it has to be done it has to be dealt with at some point my eternal existence and, and, it's, and all this uh, knowledge about it is coming to me now I should take advantage of it and and um, make make, it, make a change hmm. does that help? what else? Yes. Um, I've been thinking about
1: um, the idea of self preservation versus um, surrender and um, I was just wondering if you could talk a little bit about that and maybe even your experience of of that and whether in this it's a process I know but it sounds like and it seems like there's sort of a point. At which there's a choice to be made between
0: the two, you know, the illusion and self-preservation versus the reality of surrender. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that um,
0: the acceptance of Krishna as my maintainer, which is kind of what you're talking about, that is one of the limbs of sharanagati, What it means. To be surrendered, Hmm. Um, the white flag. You know, I can't. You know, fend for myself. I I give up. I'm fighting really against my own self-interest. I see. So, um, and um, that could be done as a householder or as a monastic. Hmm. Um, The task is the same. The way it will play itself out will be a little different. Um, the monastic has no resources. The householder has resources, and so then they they are used in a particular way, hmm. other than maintenance, basic maintenance for the uh, purpose of bhakti in the world, and and so on and so forth. Um, so to be a charnagatist is is for everyone. It's really kind of the. It's kind of really, the, in a way, very much at the beginning of bhakti. It's um, it's uh, it's kind of a mood with which we do the practices of hearing and chanting. Hmm. As Prahlad has uh, explained in in the Bhagavatam, where the nine principal limbs of bhakti are um, mentioned, there's a spirit behind them, tanmanye so, bhakti as opposed to karma yoga. Karma yoga is you have an identity, material identity, in the context of that, you do something and offer the fruits to Krishna. Bhakti is that I give myself to Krishna. Hmm? And in the context of that, I hear and chant about Krishna hmm? and carry out other services for Krishna. Um, so it's directly confronting the false identity. Karma Yoga is kind of working with it. Varnashrama is encouraging it. Hmm? You're a Brahmin. You have to act like this. And, and so forth. It's very,
1: yeah.
0: in that way, opposed. We want an entirely different identity. Na hum bhi prerna cha, na roopena api vaysho na sudro na humani cha grihpati no manastoryaiva. Kintu prajnikeila gopi baato parakamla oda asta like this. Another brahman, a chapier sannyasi. I'm servant of the servant of the servant of Krishna, who's the maintainer of the gopis. This is who I am. So, this is the identity that we cultivate, and the 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 way that that um, type of uh, identity functions is hearing, chanting, prasadam service, meditation on Krishna, and so on. So, it's a, a giving of oneself, and you know these hands up in the air like this, which means like giving up, I give up. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, that said, um, I'm contrasting it with the ordinary idea of self-preservation, which is futile.
1: uh, You know, it's, it, uh, it, uh, you cannot, uh,
0: preserve the identity that is a made-up identity.
2: Hmm.
0: Hunkar means eye-maker. So. A made-up eye. Hmm. It's not a real self. Hmm. So it, it, it can't be preserved. So, uh, you want to talk about some balance in between and and moving from one to the other, and in a way that is spiritually conducive i suppose and and not um, 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 extreme and you keep your balance or something I mean um, to move from one to the other it's it's uh, i guess it's also um, culture it's 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 uh it's done under good guidance, um, but I think that uh, uh, the resolve comes in one, and it is often spoken of as like material exhaustion, hmm. is the sense that the, the, the prospects of material life have been exhausted. They have no charm for me. Anymore, they don't hold any charm. Hmm? Still, I find myself hanging on, but still, there's, but there's no charm there. And when you reach that point, and it it can't, it has to cave in. Hmm? you're, you're not, there's no taste for that, then you can't do it. <laughs> so I think when you reach that point of material exhaustion. Hmm? exasperation and at the same time you have the good fortune of being in touch with with bhakti and so forth then you have the negative impetus to make a practical transition and um, conscious transition. I think um, still somewhat in the context of the transition And having made the transition, there's still some effort for self-preservation. It goes on, the ego just doesn't go away because you just moved into the ashram or something like that. It's a good step, but still you find, oh, there's work to be done. There he is, I'm still trying to, you know, stay alive as someone other than, you know, the servant of of Guru and and Krishna, Hmm. And there's resistance in me and so on and so forth. So on a more subtle level, mm-hmm. it takes some time to uh, to uh, let self to die. Mm-hmm. You've got to try to un- unplug his, you know, disconnect him, so to speak, and he's still flapping and fan of, so to speak, can be unplugged but still going around. Um, it takes some time. It shows it's ugly face here and there but um that's more subtle in the context of putting oneself in a position in a state of mind of being a sharanagata hmm? and uh, i think the the capacity of one um to do that um is very much enhanced by if not it's not necessary to come, as I say, to a point of just material exhaustion. you, you asked asking me to speak about myself. Well, I, and I, I used to sit and think, "What will I do? What will I be?" Hmm? And whatever I thought about, it it just it had it had no charm. I could be this. I could do that. It all it all for me. Um, it 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 was not enduring. It's said that a sattvic kind of uh, influenced intelligence is one that cannot tolerate the idea of living in a world that that doesn't endure. Mm. So a sattvic influence is one that uh, is an influence of knowledge and and uh, a clear sense of the fact that consciousness is undying. Mm-hmm. And, and the sense that I am I am consciousness, whether you can articulate it like that or not. And so I was uh, materially exhausted, so to speak. I mean I, and I wasn't very old, but I just couldn't and you don't know, have to be, I mean we've been around for a long time. Um since time immemorial. So um that was a very motivating factor for me that so i i left the world as best as i knew how to leave the world mm-hmm. and it's a long story of course but i went to uh jamaica to live in the in the for- forest They'd eat fruits and vegetables and so forth there's a reason for jamaica was there was a way to get there inexpensively that i had been told about and i had no money so anyway we figured it out and went there and and, and I was used to meditate there, and build a little hut in the jungle out of bamboo and I would meditate. And my meditation was Hare Krishna and Om Hari Om and Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, 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 Hare So, it's best I knew how. I was leaving the world. There was nothing, no charm in the world for me. Things happened. The rain came and washed out my hut and so forth. So, I thought, let's find the people that this Channing comes from, and you know, wherever they live, I'll live with them. Was kind of my thinking. So, um, but um, yeah, coming to that point of uh, the, the the picture just changes. I mean, we have impetus to carry on, preserve, because there's some charm there that remains. And it's, it's this, is that? It's a charm. It's kind of a magic. It's there's really no question of preserving um, that identity, but uh, there seems to be some some prospect within it. I've referred to it as an eternal appetizer, so to speak, for which, you know, after which the square meal never comes. But we we keep buying into it, so to speak, and um, a certain point well we uh run out of enthusiasm for that, that we get some some wisdom some kind of cathartic if you will wisdom that this is this not uh, holds no prospect for me then we're kind of a um, have the sufficient negative impetus and if we are fortunate to get good association and bhakti then then uh, we have the positive impetus to make a change, but um, that is um, that's a important uh, sign, I would say, for a major transition. You're obviously thinking about things like that, but. Um, it would be very practical. If, you're, if there's no charm <laughs> in it, then it's very hard to, to to carry on. right? I mean, just materially speaking, people get in a situation, get in a relationship, the, the charm is lost, they say. You know, the, the magic's gone. And so they leave it. They go look for magic somewhere else. That's the problem. But um, they don't realize it's just magic. It's gone. And, and, but um, we're in a broader sense driven by taste by rasa as Sridhar said an atheist or a the- theist it doesn't matter we're all after rasa hmm? knowingly or unknowingly it's a taste a taste that we're, taste that we're, we're, we're driven by hmm? so when material life starts to lose its charm if you're fortunate to have as I said influence of bhakti Also, come into your life then. Otherwise, the influence of bhakti comes just the worst or still has charm for you, then it's difficult to be a sharanagata. Mm. Some wisdom, again. What can, how, what will I, what is it, you know, to preserve material success is like an oxymoron. that will make sense to some people. <laughs> and so, they're, they're, we have no alternative. This is We resign to this kind of life. We couldn't make it in the world, they say. And they're right, but for good reasons. <laughs> for good reasons. Not that we couldn't have made a show of it mm. um, and, you know, accomplished or something necessarily, but... Uh, We had no impetus to do so. And here's an active life. There's much to do and learn. It's not a lazy person's place here. Mm. So those are some thoughts. Mm. Self-preservation as opposed to self-surrender.
1: Something like that.
0: Mm. For self-surrender, there has to be good, good hope good representation, uh, some visible um, sign. Hmm. We look for a visible sign, people say. Don't look past your guru, there's a sign. Hmm. If I get a sign, then I'll I'll join. The sadhu is the sign, very big sign, big billboard. It works, there's life on the other side, there's real firm ground to stand on there. It's not just as just a theory. No. That's where we should look and see ah. as a sign. Mm. And then it's in relation to such uh, a saintly a person that we we take shelter practically, mm.
1: take good advice, counsel. Mm.
0: Srinya used to give the example of, and you've probably heard it before, that people say, there's a common saying, that nothing risked, nothing gained. Hmm. No risk, no gain. He used to say that first it would look like everything is risked and there will be no gain. I will give up all these things and it's just a theory Hmm. in a book. Hmm. But if we look closer at the person who's... Distributing the book, teaching the book, and so forth. We'll think uh, our thinking can change. Hmm? First, we think all risk, no gain. Then we'll think if we don't make some risk, there will be no gain. Hmm? So I'll take some risk. Without that, there will be no gain. Which is the, and then he said, then we'll find out in due course. There was. What it really the equation really was was there was no risk, and there was all gain. Hmm. That I had something to risk—that was an illusion. Hmm. I had nothing to resist, right? to 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 to, um, um, to risk. Nothing belonged to me. Again, self-preservation. One living being is food for another. Is that what you want to do? <laughs> Hunters and the hunted, and and you will be hunted as much as you hunt, which you have to do. You will be hunted, and you will be hunted down. Hmm. So, you are on death row, and talking about self-preservation. It's the kind of the idea. That so these things sound radical, but they really resonate with certain people. <laughs> we find ourselves here. Yeah. In this kind of company, so then the the the, the um, courage required is fortified, and, and we get uh, strength from others, and so forth. Such is the value of the uh, Sadhusangam. Does that help? Oh, some of those how-to questions. <laughs> it's very broad. This is what we're doing. This is how to do it. We're doing it, but I'll try to give some some focus on it in particular. There's a shift that that's a shift that's required, and it's a shift of just relieving oneself of a huge burden. Self-preservation is such a burden. It's such an effort. Bhakti, by comparison, is effortless. I mean, it's just so easy to do what you're told. I mean, it's not, because we want to, you know, but it is. If you think about it, just do what you're told. It's just so easy. Because thinking about what I'll do, what I'll do next, how I'll do this, how I'll make that, How this is how the mind works, how I'll self-preserve, right? Mm -hmm. Then I'll go here, then I'll do that, I'll try this, that. Um, That's just, that's a huge burden, so... Just to Do what you're told, it's, it's so so easy. Hm. Mm-hmm. Rani was telling me the other day, you know, Guru Maharaj, I asked you about everything. I said, Yeah, I know. She said, Because that just makes it easy. Then whatever you if you don't want it then we won't do it, you know. And if you want it, I'll you know, just tell everybody that, you know. Doctor yeah. yeah. Just make it easy. <laughs> so it's very practical. It's so hard to be a maintainer. Mm. And it's so easy to be a servant. We think it's hard to be a servant mm. because we have an ego of a maintainer. Mm. But to keep that ego of the maintainer, this is a struggle <laughs> that we undergo. Mm. And we're not constitutionally the maintainer. So we're going against the stream, mm. we're going against the current, we're pushing to be the center, the sustainer. We're on the circumference, we're sustained. That's the reality. It's very practical. Hmm? So many aspects of nature we're dependent upon for our existence. We think we're sustaining. And if the sun didn't you know, come up tomorrow, then what? <laughs> so, we're a dependent entity in every way, a derived entity. We have this propaganda of being independent and having rights and freedom and, and so forth. Hmm. The beauty is, of course, that there's such freedom, in, real freedom in bhakti, in, 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 in being who you are and that in terms of what your potential is in relation to bhakti. Such freedom. Hmm. But... um but the only thing that's hard about being what we are and being dependent is that we're we're possessed by the ghost of gyan karma and trying to preserve, trying to trying to avoid this, uh, distress the gyan side, and trying to get comfort the karma side. Jiva Goswami, Rupa Goswami describes these two influences like like witches haunting the house. Of the heart, so to speak, and Bhakti doesn't want to come into a haunted house, so to speak. So she come in to get first in to get rid of those those things, yana, karma, these tendencies. They're both self-preserving tendencies. Hmm? Both preser- preservation by acquisition, preservation by by renunciation. Hmm? It's a bigger idea, but it's still a self-preserving idea. Sometimes we call it a self-suicidal idea, and and that that also is, but um, that's still against surrender. (laughs) So it's still, in a sense, some purushabhav, I'm in control. Hmm. I don't kill myself. Hmm. I'm in control. Hmm. I mean, we're talking about a spiritual suicide, so to speak, Hmm. Hmm. merging the Brahman idea. So um. the idea itself we find to be non-spiritual. It's an idea that Krishna may let you have. You ask him for it. Okay. And it's a it's a non-material situation.
1: Hmm. But
0: but but what it is who can say? It's it's ineffable and you can't it's indeterminate. You can't talk about it. anyway. So rooting these influences out, hmm? as much as they're there, then it's hard to be be a servant. Hmm? Just like you grew up without a father, so you became the man of the house. Hmm? You're the man of the house at ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. That's abnormal. Hmm? So you've got a certain psychology that goes with that. Hmm? and uh, welcome it's not it's not necessarily conducive to (laughs) to bhakti Hmm. so we it's a bit self-assertive anyway so yes yes you had a question
1: Um, I was watching a documentary about George Harrison the other night and uh, he was describing his spiritual path he had everything in the world and he felt like oh my God, I can have everything, but I don't want anything, because he didn't have any spiritual guidance. So, finally he found spiritual guidance, and he name and blah, blah, blah. He, he was fine. But then I was thinking, um, you know, I, every night I go to sleep, I just lock the door and turn on the lights, because I'm scared, you know, so I don't know what I'm scared of, because I want to preserve all these things that I think I have. But the most valuable thing, I never think about preserving. For example, I never thought that somebody would break into my house and steal my deities. <laughs> <Never>. <laughs> you know, I, ne- I never thought I should, you know, put my deities in the back. Never. So, how do we preserve... We have such a valuable treasure, and we don't spend too much time preserving it. Um, you know, a connection to the Holy Name, or connection to the Samba, to you. Um, how do we spend more time preserving that? Well, that's
0: an interesting point in a sense because we're talking about the um, movement from a self-preservation um, way of conducting oneself to self-surrender. Uh, and we've talked about it from some different angles. But um, And so let's say, for example, you have your identity, as we've been speaking, arising as it does from the mind and senses, and your goods and bads and happies and sads and so forth, and you're you're, uh, striving to preserve that. Mm. Um, But the way you're talking about it brings up another point for me, which is I often make, and worth making again, that the positive nature of bhakti is such that we can, in effect, be in a self-preservation mode, and um, that will be will constitute self-sacrifice uh, or self um, uh, self-surrender. Hmm? So, as they say uh, sometimes, the best uh, defense is a good offense. Something like that. Prop say would say you're not the body. Sometimes they say, you are this body, here is your, you know, this is your your collar, you know, it's probably used to refer to it as dog collar or something like that, and uh, the neck beads, and this is your, these are your ornaments, and so forth, the log and kuntimala, and so forth, and and um, this is the sadhakadeha, so. Hmm, it's one thing to say that you're not the body, it's a little bit, it's true, It's kind of a Vedanta perspective. The gyan side, you know, bhakti, vedanta, both are there, and it's an important emphasis. It's not that much of an an emphasis in the time of Rupa Goswami, who said it's, you know, it's not the knowledge of the difference between the self and the body, between consciousness and matter. um, The cultivation of that is not an anga of bhakti, neither the corresponding uh, uh, renunciation. If you have knowledge that you're not the body, then you're going to conduct yourself differently. You're not going to conduct yourself in such a way that constitutes attachment to extensions of the body, as there seem to be, that don't endure. Mm. Because you know, well, I'm not the body. I'm an enduring unit of consciousness, and there's no prospect for me in relation to things that don't endure. Mm. So, uh, the corollary, if you will, then of knowledge in Gyan Marg is detachment, and detachment is an, uh, is an ongoing culture. In it's one of the one of the uh, uh, sixfold cultures of the Gyan Marg. Hmm? Um, detachment. In Bhakti, we don't advance by detachment. Detachment is a sign of our advancement but it's not the way of advancing. Hmm? In in the Gyan Marg, one advances, it's thought by detachment, and it's just the opposite in bhakti. We advance by attachment. Hmm? So attachment means sangha, Hmm? sadhu sangha. Hmm? In fact, Bhagavatam Kapiladev teaches his mother, Devahuti, that the same attachment for ordinary things and people, hmm, when transferred to sadhus, that same attachment that becomes the cause of our bondage when transferred and reposed in sadhus, in relation to sadhus, is cultivated. It becomes the cause of our freedom. Hmm. So, so. Rupa Goswami says that this bhakti, or excuse me, knowledge and renunciation, they are not ungas of bhakti. Hmm. He's talking about the knowledge of the difference between the body and the self. It's not something that we cultivate as a practice, which is a practice, if you will, in, in, the, in the Gyan Marg, hmm? uh, he says they may be a little helpful in the beginning. Hmm? It's something like if, you, if your car stalls, then in order to start it, the battery, let's say the battery goes dead, and in order to start it, you get some persons and you push the car. Well, <laughs> you know, I'm going to push it a little bit, you know, and then <laughs> it starts, <laughs> and it's off like that. And the pushing is useless, it's a waste of time, it, it's meaningless. Mm-hmm. So,
1: or, or even just the idea of the starter itself needs some battery, uh, but then once the engine is going, right. it produces its own energy. Right.
0: Uh, right. So, so a little knowledge of the difference between the body and the self may be a little useful. It's not an of bhakti, maybe a little useful, but once bhakti, kicks in then mm. then this is the byproduct of that the full manifestation of that and the culture is really of something else altogether mm. um, it's not about sometimes devotees ask how many lives will it take me you know to, can I leave go in this life sometimes I answer Jan when you, when you when you stop thinking like that then you, you're making progress mm. had taste for bhakti so mama bhakti It was not a concern for him, but still a concern for you. Then. Hmm. Your 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 motivation is something else. Certainly not rag bhakti. Hmm. Some fear, some wanting to get away from something. Hmm. Um, so we're talking about this movement from this self-preserving ego to a self-surrendering uh, ego, and and in the in the in Let's go back for a minute to Rupa Goswami's idea. Prabhupada again talked about this, quite, it's one of his mantras, that you're not the body, you're not the body, you're not the body. So you have to understand also the context, the culture, in which, for example, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, which I'm citing, of Rupa uh, was uh, that it arose within. I mean, this was a culture, a society in which that was pretty standard knowledge, that you're not the body. It was like, well, not everybody thought like that, but it was like now you have the dominant materialistic uh, scientific or scientistic you know, uh, persuasion and thinking that uh, that um, there's no forget, there's no soul, there's no there's no God, um, and um, I think even in a, in a, in a, in, a, in a, It's prominent in society, but in the Vedic society, in the time of Rupakasam, it was even more prominent the idea that you're not the body, you're consciousness, and and so forth. Even in the context of just or religious life, moksha is still thought to be the goal. There's dharma uh, for artha, religious life for material economic development, for kama, which leads to dukkha,
2: hmm?
0: sukha of a material type, Happiness derived from attachment to sense-object, dukkha is the womb from which suffering is born. So the frustration then from having everything, George's testimony, I have everything and I'm frustrated. This is impetus then for moksha. And so even in the dharma, the religious life, still the idea was moksha. Maybe in the background, because I haven't got the artha yet. <laughs> so I haven't got the karma yet, but it's there. So, we don't live in such a society. Prabhupada's statement, you're not the body, was like the most esoteric thing you could hear. Like, what? You're not the It's like a mantra. You're not the body. You're not that body. It's like a tattvam, you know, hum brahmasmi, you know, it's like. Mahavalkya. Really? Yeah, like a mahavokya. Like a, like a great sound, a mantra. Hmm. Now, of course, this idea of what is the nature of consciousness. It has to do with this obviously is has become something that is much more of a topic, a hot topic it's called. It really wasn't a hot topic in 1960 1965 it's a hot topic now. Interesting topic and uh, and of course we have much to offer to say in, in, in this regard much to learn also um, from the arguments against the idea they're very sophisticated arguments that, um, that that you will not be able to sway people from by saying things like, I say my body, not I body, right? That means I'm not my body. That argument not, was, worked well on me when I was 20 years old, but it's not going to work very well now in today's society hmm? with the arguments for, for example, for example, consciousness being an emergent property of the brain or something like that, an epiphenomenon of the brain and many, 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 hundreds of different materialistic arguments that seem to be backed by a body of empiric evidence. Really, they are ideas that constitute an interpretation of facts, of empiric evidence, um, a bias, a faith, and so forth. Um, that there is equal or better reasoning, I would say better reasoning to the contrary of. But at any rate, in our society, it's not by any means a given that you're not the body, to put it in Prabhupada's terms, that consciousness is different than matter and you are consciousness. So there's a little more room for talking about it in the context of um, educating people about bhakti, disseminating bhakti. Hmm? So Prabhupada was certainly justified in in his um his his emphasis. And we make a similar emphasis in our times with our uh in consideration of thoughts of the time, thought currents and in different language and so forth. But that said, back to the point of Rupa Goswami, it's a small point. Hmm? A bigger point is in a sense, you are the body, hm, And that body being a new body that you have. Hmm. through and uh and uh, the subsequent uh, finding of a guide hmm, in that context and coming under the guidance receiving the mantra and so forth we get a sadhaka-deha so this is a different kind of body hmm. it's not a materially conditioned body and it's not a siddha a perfect body Hmm? it has the capacity to attain some type of perfection. Hmm? It's a very interesting concept, very mystical idea. It's kind of a transubstantiation, to use a Catholic term, where the wine and the bread, or what is it, the body and the blood, Christ thought to turn into wine and bread and feast on it. It's, it's a little foreign to me, the idea, but it, but it, it's... Uh, but anyway, we're talking about a, a transubstantiation where the, the material elements of the body, Mahabhu says, Chit Ananda Moi. Hmm? They turn into Chit Ananda. They become Moi, filled with Chit and Ananda. Hmm? Uh, it means really that the body functions Daivim Prakritim Ashritaha, as Gita says, Mahatmanas. Hmm? Under a different influence. There are two influences in the world, the influence of karma and the influence of bhakti. And both are anadi. (laughs) The bhakti will have an influence on you at a certain time. That's true, a beginning in time. But its influence in the world is without time, without beginning. The world has no beginning. So there's always bhakti in the world. There are always sadhakas in the world. Hmm? So by good fortune we come in touch with bhakti. Hmm? And so this is the janma, the mool, the root, the birth, sadhu sangha of bhakti in our lives. And so you get a suitable uniform for that. You know, you get, a, you get a body for that. That's called the sadhakadeha. And so we, in one sense, you, you are the sadhakadeha. As I say, it has an eternity to it. The sadhakadeha will, will die, so to speak, biologically speaking, of the organism. But um, if the sadhaka daya is perfected, it lives on in eternity, in a sense. For example, let's take Prabhupada's body, sadhaka daya It's being, uh, or any previous acharya, at least in current times, we have the picture. <laughs> the picture preserved, the picture's worshipped, the memory, if not a picture, of that form hmm, is retained. Hmm? passed on the memories of that uh, person's uh, activities in the world hmm, are kushuk <speaking in foreign language> hmm? carried on in the world hmm? in, the con- in the in the, in the in the in the song of devotees it's, t- it's talked about hmm? we talk about Rupa Goswami he did this we don't see we don't have his picture but he did this and he did that and, and jiva Goswami and baladeva and bhakti Bino and so on and so forth. Now the, the the instruments for remembering, for remembering, become a little more fine tuned, and you get cameras and drawings and whatever. But the point is that this this uh, this form is taken, this perfected sadhakadeya, and put. We don't cremate that form. The cremation is therefore an unperfected, hmm, not fully developed sadhakadeya. Perfect one is placed in its samadhi and it becomes a worshipable place. Hmm? So it somehow it has an eternity to it, while at the same time there is a citadeha of the, the, of the, uh, the, sa, uh, the sant, the sadhu, internal perfected body for Leela Seva. Hmm? It's even thought that the sadhaka deha of the Acharya has a representation in Gaur Leela that is similar in appearance. Therefore, we have, for example, the idea that Rupa, Sanatan, Jijiva Goswami, they're present in the leela hmm, as Brahman boys. The idea is they look like Rupa Goswami did, but younger, something like that. And um, So, there's the whole story of Dhruva going in his same body to Vakunta. So, this is a very interesting concept. Hmm? The... Uh, the sadhakadeha. And so it's a very positive take, if you will, and it pertains to what you're saying, because one thing is the self preservation, that's an illusion, and the pursuit of that is a certain purusha a certain ego, hmm? that's the antithesis of bhakti, which which really begins with sharanagati.
2: Hmm?
0: Again, itupum sarpito. Bhakti means not that I have an identity hmm, from my mind and senses and that from that identity I take something and give it to Krishna. That is, that's not bhakti. That's something. Hmm? That's karma yoga. Hmm? Bhakti is I give up my identity. That's why Varnashram and Bhakti don't go to well together because Varnashram, again, is, is the, you you're, you are this and you act like this <laughs> and you're within these confines and so forth. This is contradictory to Bhakti. You don't want to maintain that identity. That has to be deconstructed. Hmm? So, so the 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 ego of of self surrender bhakti begins by by i give myself to krishna and then i do the things that are pleasing to krishna hearing chanting remembering serving in different ways hmm? this is very different from i'm i'm over here and i have an identity that that is separate and i'm preserving and i give something from it hmm? to krishna hmm? it's very very different ideas and so while there's a self-preserving ego that is very much the antithesis of the self surrendered ego. It's very difficult, as I was saying earlier, to be a maintainer when we're you know we're a derived entity, a dependent entity by nature. That's the struggle. We think the struggle is to serve, but the struggle is so we have another another Baha'av, Bhav. So to make this transfer, these are like different worlds, right, of conceptions. But the point you're asking about, uh, the comments you made, bring to mind the idea that there can be a this is a way in which bhakti is is user friendly. There can be a self-preserving ego that constitutes self-surrender, and that is when we try to preserve, for example our Sada Kadeha. I remember many years ago in the Los Angeles temple, we used to sleep 30, 30 men on the floor, you know, next to one another. And, uh, and we had barrels of clothes that nobody owned any. You got a new one every day, whatever it was. And if you were, you know, renounced and you didn't look, you just pulled something out, and you know, <laughs> put it on and so forth. And then there was the mirror and the tea lock and so forth. And... Um, and um, And at a certain point, I started thinking of how I would look in the, look in the mirror to put on the tea lock. And I, it came to my mind that the gopis they are always putting on the tea lock very nicely and decorating themselves and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And as sadhikas, we should look nice, and you know I should look in the bin and see what I'm going to put on. It's going to fit, and, and so forth. I'm representing my guru and I'm decorating myself as a devotee to go before Krishna. So all of a sudden, all of these ideas of vanity, so to speak, which would, be, would constitute vanity, have a place within bhakti, and this self-preservation, if you will, this, uh, the disposition for that, take care of the body, and so forth. Uh, you see, we, we, the two tracks of material life are this karma and gyan, that's how they move, thia, Boga and tiag, Boga and tiag. Bhakti is otherworldly. It's not concerned with bog or tiag. If, if, if tiag is necessary for bhakti, fine. If bog is necessary for bhakti, fine. I'm a servant, so it doesn't matter if the service is hard or easy. It doesn't it doesn't matter. My ego is just to please my master and do his work. And if it's hard work, it's going to take a long time. Well, that's what it's going to take. So this this position, how you transcend the very two tracks on which material life runs. These two tracks, Boga and Tiag, have been talked about in the scriptures in terms of paths hmm? that unto themselves, properly understood, lead nowhere. Hmm? Examples have been given of the tributaries of water coming from the glacier that don't reach the Bay of Bengal, hmm? karma and gyan. But if they should connect with the Ganges' flow, then they can have fruition. And unto themselves, not. Hmm? So these are the two tracks on which material life runs and and uh, exploitation, to use another word, renunciation, and then dedication. Both are world-centered. Exploitation is worldly-centered for acquiring things. Renunciation is worldly-centered also to do away with things, to get away from things. To get things, to get away from things. People ask God for Both. Neither one of them interests him. Hmm? They have nothing (laughs) to do with him. So bhakti is central. Now, so in bhakti there will be enjoyment and there will be renunciation. Hmm? If I'm offered prasad at the temple, I say, no, I'm fasting, It becomes bhājnāvā, that becomes, excuse me, sevaparād. So you have to enjoy that prasad. Or you have to suffer through because you're already full. (laughs) <laughs> in honor of the prasad, in some way, and so, at any rate, there. So the 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 there's a way in which, and as I say, the best uh, citing that adage, uh, defense is a good offense. That we can, and this is an example again of how bhakti is user friendly. How to convert the self-preserving ego to a self-surrendered ego? Well, you can be a self-preserver. Hmm? Hmm? and be cultivating, involved in, or being a, a, uh, a uh, self-surrendered person. Hmm? By making that which you preserve, take care of, and so forth, those things that uh, are in relation to Krishna. There was a, there's a story in this regard I'm reminded of. One of my godbrothers um, who was teaching, he was a sannyasi and teaching, uh, devotees, on one of our traveling book distribution and kirtan parties and uh, he uh, asked someone for, he saw i guess he was giving a class on bhagavad gita and so he saw one person's uh, bhagavad gita and he said, give me that bhagavad gita he held it up and he said you see this bhagavad gita and it was like really in bad shape he said this is this is krishna's bhagavad gita hmm? so so somebody, in the words he was saying somebody doesn't care about it he said this is now this one here this is my Bhagavad Gita and it was like impeccable you know and it, so he was pointing out of course it's mine it's been given to me by Krishna to take care of to preserve so I'm very particular about it I'm to, so that whole ego similar idea of self-preservation taking care of detail attention to it. so it's very different than, than the Gyan. Jnan. the Gyanis, you see they won't they don't uh, you get these gyanis, for example. You see them in Rindaban. Hmm? They won't take the nice shoes if you give them, because they know hmm? they'll just be stolen by somebody, you know, or I'll, or I'll get attached. I'll get attached to them, and then they'll be stolen by somebody at the, when I leave them outside the temple. So they're, they're very. This, uh, we come into bhakti. From one of these two tracks, or a combination of both karma and gyan. That's why we think sometimes. Hmm? I had A fellow asked me once years ago, he met me, and he said, Marsha, I hear you're in California somewhere now? And, uh, I said, yes, you know, in such and such a place. He said, oh, and he said, how many devotees are there? I said, there's three. And he said, and he like turned red, you know, he thought, I guess I'm sorry. He asked, but I was chuckling, and so I was telling the truth, you know, but I could see his reaction. So his idea was, well, if there's not something happening there, if there aren't people, I guess bhakti's not going on. If there aren't things, bhakti's not going on. You understand? Things means people, temple, building. and these things may come too. More may come, as soon as you become popular, then people come for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> Few people come for the right reason. And many people come for the mixed reasons, not quite not well thought out reasons and so forth and and so forth. And then you have to preach about the, the how the institutions are obstacles rather than mm-hmm. facilitators and, and so forth. So so then the other side of course is that, that the the Bhakti Siddhan Thakur's disciples sometimes would say our Guru Maharaj, he lives in the jungle in Mayapur. He eats only tulsi leaves on the goddessi. And so that would get people's attention because, oh, Gyan. Hmm? It's the other side. Well, that something's happening there. Hmm? Gyan. Gyan turns to, bo, or Tiag, or, or, I should say. Tiag. Tiag turns to bog, bog turns to Tiag. That's how it works. Hmm? These things go back and forth. Hmm? So, Bhakti is un-unglamorous in a sense. It's just like serving, and for nothing else than serving. Hmm. Um, but, um, but, 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 um, there's a place, a big place in, in bhakti for what you're talking about, for preserving, taking care of the temple. And that's why bhakti is thought sometimes by jnanis to be like, hmm, part of an ashram or something like that. Religious life. It's okay. It needs to be retired at a certain point. Hmm? Um, because it's, it it seems to be about things, but they're things for Krishna. Hmm? Taking care of them. So there's a big place for that, and it's a way in which we can, kind of in a user-friendly way, convert the self-preservation ego into a self-surrendering ego. So... I was thinking then, you know, I was putting on the tea lock, and I started to think I should look into what shirt I'm going to get and whether it's going to fit and and so on. I was very, It was very blissful to think like that, to decorate myself for, for Krishna as a sadhaka. So, to help, some thoughts about that. So, if you've come, some guests, We didn't think you were going to come. Yeah, come late, but Better late than never. You're going to spend the night, right? And you can't come this far and go back the same night. So what is the time? All right. So I'm going to stop there. So you see, going at or Bhakti Vrindaki Jai